0: Hello and welcome back to Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. Today we're talking about gold development in the United States. And I am joined uh, for this with uh, Laurel Sayer, President and CEO of Perpetual Resources, and Mackenzie Leon, also of Perpetual Resources. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Good morning, Paul.
0: Now you've just put out some very very good and exciting news. Um, you're in the process of permitting your Stibnite uh, Gold Antimony project in Idaho, and this morning you announced that the U.S. Forest Service has chosen your proposed uh, alternative for the development. Um, so that seems to be very very good news indeed. That the one of the U.S. agencies that is regulating and, and uh, deciding your fate, so to speak, agrees with your approach. Yes.
1: Yeah, so. Um, you're absolutely right, and it, it is an exciting moment, morning for us today. We uh, we're so pleased to be able to share it with you, and and your listeners. So the supplemental draft DIs, which has been over a year and a half in the making, and us reviewing, um, they have hit the street as we call it um, for comment. And the U.S. Forest Service they identified our updated project design as the preferred alternative in the supplemental draft EIS. And this is, a, this is a very important milestone. It shows that listening to the public and agency feedback, it has improved our plan and it helps set the project on a really a clear path toward a record of decision.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much, Laura. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, the nuts and bolts, what your preferred development solution is that the U.S. Forest Service has agreed with?
1: Yes, um, the the design improvements that are in our modified mine plan, they include a a decrease um, on-site disturbance footprint of 13% reduction from our 2016 design. Uh, we reduced the mined material by 10 percent, 44 million tons. We eliminated waste rock storage areas, that's 168 acres and helping to shrink the footprint. We've reduced the volume of hangar flats pit by 70 percent and completely backfilled the pit. We added extra geosynthetic covers to protect long-term water quality. We've increased uh, riparian vegetation, and low flow channels that helps to reduce water temperature. We've developed additional habitat features to replace bull trout habitat. And we've also modified the ore processing circuit to improve tailings chemistry. So it's it's been a lot of work and there are significant uh, uh, changes in it that have been identified. And I think those changes, one of the main reasons the Forest Service chose uh, this our uh, proposed, our preferred as the preferred alternative. You
2: know, Paul, and I would I would add to that. This is really an evolution from in the project design from the 2020 draft EIS. Like Laurel mentioned, we heard what the public said and what agencies said in 2020, and we really took away three things: that the project needed to improve water quality, it needed to have a smaller footprint, and it needed to reduce water temperature. And so all of those changes that Laurel just walked through are really geared at how can we do those three three things to improve the environmental outcomes of the project. And now the supplemental is looking at those changes along with comparing whether or not to take our preferred access route to site, which we call the burnt log road, or whether the project should take existing routes into site. So by selecting our project design as the preferred alternative, not only do we get all of these improved outcomes, but then we also get this um, preferred access route to site.
0: Excellent. And um, I was obviously, as you know, fortunate enough to, to visit your site well less than a month ago now. And Laura, you've kindly sort of took me around and explained a lot of these aspects to me in, in great detail. And one, one of the key things, and you know, McKinsey, you're referring to the water temperature there, that's all about creating a very constructive positive fish habitat, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. And that's so important for our communities and for the folks that live in the back where the mine is in the backyard for the state of Idaho, for for everyone. It, it, it was a significant uh, comment that we wanted to address.
2: It really confirms the vision. You know, Paul, you've, you've followed this project long enough that from the very beginning and even seeing the site when you did a few weeks ago, we've got an abandoned mine site. And so really the question is how can we use redevelopment to address those issues that, are, that have been left behind, including water quality, water temperature, river habitat and that's what's so fun and i think energizing about the project and where we are today and seeing the results this morning that that's that's meaningful that we can go back and address these environmental legacies
0: absolutely i, I must say that um, you know i've been on dozens if not hundreds of site visits over the years and this was pretty much the entire emphasis of this particular visit was on on the the environmental plan not just the environmental plan but the work you're already doing because voluntarily you're advancing on a lot of these um rehabilitation aspects as a, as a i guess a goodwill gesture to to the state and the authorities to show to show that you're sincere and that you can do it and uh in in that line you announced earlier this week that you've completed the the stream diversion um we saw that being built when we were there a few weeks ago but now that's complete what what will what role does that stream diversion have in the overall project?
1: Mackenzie, do you want to yeah, address absolutely. that?
2: absolutely. Yeah. So the stream diversion, the work that we were able to do this summer was really exciting because it is associated with an agreement we signed with the EPA and the US Forest Service a year ago. And that agreement did two things. First, it allowed us, gave us permission to go to site today, and start addressing some of the worst offending places on site in terms of water quality degradation. So this year, we got to go and start a a project, an investment to reroute some of the streams on site to keep clean water clean and away from infiltrating through legacy waste. Next summer, we'll be able to go into site and move 325,000 tons of waste away from the river. So all of these early action activities are focused on, what can we do now to help improve water quality? And that's a big investment um, on our behalf as a company, but you're absolutely right. It shows our intention, it shows our goodwill, and it allows us to say, we are here to provide solutions to this site. But the second thing that the agreement did, Paul, that really speaks to what you're talking about, the bigger picture for the project, is that should the Stibnite Gold Project move into production, this agreement gives us clarity and potentially permission to go and address other environmental legacies around the site today, so that we can combine the legacy restoration of the Stibnite Gold Project with additional legacy restoration work that could really provide comprehensive cleanup to the entire district, and that is extraordinarily meaningful when we talk about having a positive impact on this site.
0: Thank you, McKinsey. Well, one one of my sort of key takeaways after the visit a few weeks ago was that um, you know we're, we're in an environment today where it's getting harder and harder to permit projects. There's always reasons not to do things, yeah. And I, I think you know you guys and Perpetua are showing a, a real positive reason to to do things in that you know, you're not just looking to take care of your, your project and, and and build your mind and have a clean mind, et cetera, but you're also looking to take on, well, not looking to, you are taking on historical environmental liabilities. You know, that seems to be a, potentially, that could be a, a key way for other projects, other companies to get their social license to operate in the future elsewhere in the US or Canada or wherever the case may be. By taking on existing environmentally degraded sites as part of your overall plan and commitment uh, to show that, you know, yes, we are good actors, we can do this. And not only are we going to do a good project ourselves, but we're going to improve the environment somewhere else that uh, you're you're concerned about. Um, Yeah,
2: it is, um, I do think that we're laying a path, right? Mm -hmm. When we look at kind of the politics and the policy and the direction of our country right now, it is clear to many of us that the debate on whether or not we need to mine in this country is over we now recognize that this is the first link in our supply chain and there are many minerals and metals that we need to produce here so now the question is moving to how and i think looking at abandoned mine sites for mineral uh, redevelopment is going to be a solution that more people are looking at it does come with some complicating factors as we have we have found out from terms of you know how you can get permission to go back to these sites and and interweave that permission with the regulatory NEPA process, but um we're getting there, and I I think all of us here hope that this is a model for our country.
0: Excellent. Well, the investment community certainly thinks so. Um, just before we came on air, I see your stocks up fifteen percent today, over over two dollars again. Congratulations there. um So let, let's. So Talk about the um, the 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 permitting process. You, you've now got this uh, key step achieved. And you you mentioned about the record of decision, or sorry, the draft record of decision at mm-hmm. some point next year. What, what's the, what's left in in the permitting process?
1: So the the comment period for this supplemental draft EIS will be seventy five days. The Forest Service indicated that January tenth the comment period will close. They will go through all of the comments look at them again and use them as they develop their final EIS, would, should be mid-year next year. And then hopefully near they'll, they will put the final EIS out and then the final record of decision we anticipate will be the end of 2023 or first quarter of 24. So it's, when we say we are on the downhill side of this permitting process, knowing that we've been involved in it since 2016, it's, it's true, and I think that not only are the folks that are close to the Sibnite Gold Project, uh, do we believe uh, how important it is, but we count we our and share our three main reasons for the project. One is, just like you said, Paul. Restoration. It was part of the project from the very beginning, and it's to help make an abandoned mining site better than it is today. Um, Two, it's critical. The Stimnite Gold Project will be the only American mine source of the critical mineral antimony, and we need to secure a source of antimony for national defense, and also for clean energy and then it's time you know we've 12 years of working with stakeholders since and then about eight that we've had in the permitting process and the NEPA process it's time to move this project forward and see the benefits for our communities our state and our nation.
0: Okay thank you now um, as a sort of final question um, we've just had the um, the Idaho Mining Association <laughs> annual conference Um I- was it this week or last week and uh, from what I'm sort of hearing there's an increasing interest in the state there's a, there's a number of companies a number of projects and uh, you know ben davenport who's the uh, i think he's the president and ceo of the idaho mining association tells me his, men, his membership keeps growing and growing and growing um what 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 was the feeling there at the conference
1: well i'll i'll give my take mckinsey and you you worked very closely in developing it but it was exciting paul it was so exciting to see all of the all of the energy in the room for for mining and it we had attendees there from Nevada and Colorado and Washington states that surround us and it's not just miners that were there it's the industries that support mining and that economic development is so important that mining attracts so it was it was a resurgence of young People looking and believing that mining is can no longer be called the the industry that destroys and doesn't work with communities. They were all there working together with very positive uh, statements and interactions. It
2: Thank is you. it's so exciting, Paul. I mean, you've followed Idaho for a while, and there's been so much potential here, and that potential is coming to life. You know the mining conference itself I think has grown full fourfold in just as many years. Just like Laurel said, it's not just the mining companies, it's all of the businesses that partake and benefit from the mining industry and a whole new crop of people who are taking leadership positions to say this is right for my backyard. I want mining here because it is the right thing to do to help raise our families to give us the things that we need as a country and secure our supply chains and just do it right. And the energy was, it was hot. It was really fun to to get everybody together and, and just see how much growth and potential there is.
0: Excellent. I, I attended the event uh, before COVID. So it sounds like I'm going to have to put in my diary to come back and and attend again next year. Um, A key attendee, of course, at the event was Governor Little himself. Um, You know, I I think it's worth underlining the fact that uh, mining in Idaho does get a lot of uh, governor level, state level support. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, it does. We're very lucky. And,
0: you
2: know, we also had Congressman Simpson there, you know, so from all levels of leadership, state legislators, Um, really everyone in Idaho understands how important mining has been to our history and our future.
0: Excellent. Well, congratulations on the U.S. Forest Service decision you announced today, and and good luck with the remainder of the permitting process. Perpetual resources trades on the NASDAQ and the TSX under PPTA. Laurel Sayer and McKinsey Leon, thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Paul. Thank you.
0: And that's all from me, Paul Harris. Join us for more from Mining Stock Daily soon. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.